officially, we are starting right now, episode number 502. Yeah. Woo-hoo! 502, two guests. There it's all goes. fitting together. Yes. No Laugh Track podcast here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm Justin Severson, who gets to host this each and every week, including a second time with the Sklar Brothers. Been doing this podcast since 2011. Wow. And finally, a second time we with Randy back. and Jason. We come back. We return. We're so the, happy. Your, your Minnesota twins have returned. The, the real twins of Minnesota are back, so we are happy to be back. First place, Minnesota Twins. First place, Minnesota Twins. Are you guys two in first place? We're still in first place. Uh, We have a very weak division, though, Uh, and we are in first place. (laughs) (laughs) Of all twins, we're in first place. Congratulations. But it is like the American League Central. It is way lower than the other. Yeah, terrible. (laughs) As I was telling you, I might as well repeat it. I was just telling you right before we started, uh, Minnesota Twins, Byron Buxton. Yeah. He does a, uh, of course, probably, you know, arguably the Twins' best player, Mm -hmm. uh, all-star. Great prospect. Gold Glover when he plays the field. Sure. Uh, what he's not known for necessarily is uh, speaking. He's not a pronunciation spoke- and diction. He's not a spokesman. Yeah, he's not a spokesman. <laughs> <laughs> spokesperson, 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 not a spokesman. Right. Uh, he does a commercial for some Sheboygan sausages uh, locally. Too, I don't here. like that's too complicated and already. And he has trouble pronouncing both words. Sheboygan and sausages. How does he pronounce it? It's sh- sh- uh <laughs> Shaboygan, no, Shaboygan, Shoshages. Shoshages. Yes. You put an extra H in there. There's an extra, I didn't even know there was an H in Sausage. <laughs> <a> okay. <laughs> Another Shabo- fun fact about Byron Buxton. Uh-huh. He has a daughter. Guess what he named his daughter? Uh, Buxy? You, you wouldn't, actually. <laughs> Is that? You're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> Brixton Buxton. Brixton, Brixton Buxton. Buxton. Oh my God, that sounds like if that I, sounds like a place you go to buy like bespoke clothing. I went to I Brixton, went to Brixton Buxton, Buxton and they, they made, made me a suit. They made me a suit with shorts, just like Angus Young. Yeah, I asked for a suit that has and it's shorts. All corduroy, right? Or well, is what, it a, what a bad choice that guy made at the very beginning. That's like I'm gonna wear a schoolboy's outfit, like when he's now because I'm 22 and, and it's funny. 80. He had no foresight. Like clearly, he didn't think ACDC was gonna go past him when he was like 40 let alone like and now he's probably like in his 70s and he has to put on a schoolboy uniform like you don't look like his, a schoolboy anymore no one wants to see 79 year old knees <laughs> nobody God, no. nobody no especially ones that kick all it like come on dude that's like in a movie scene like when you literally are eating or at a diner or something and you take a huge bite always spit it out don't swallow it on camera because that means you have to do it over and over and over sure, again sure sure Jay and I did a Burger King commercial one time, and they gave us like what were they? No nuggets. There were nuggets, and we were eating the nuggets. And I remember eating them, and then for three weeks afterwards, I couldn't get a heart on. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? These are like the opposite of Viagra. Oh my god! It's like anytime you're having too much sex, just get a twenty piece. Let me get a twenty piece of the Ed McNuggets. <laughs> yeah. Can I do that? Yeah. And I think that was a special where it was about 25 for a nickel, right? Yes. Is that correct? Oh, that was, they paid you to take them. Yeah. <laughs> we can't get rid of them. I took them while they're like, nope, nope, nope. nope we nope, will no, 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 uh, no, no, we're no, no. pay you and yeah, I was bucks. just thinking along the lines of like uh, Angus wearing the um, schoolboy outfit. How yeah. about like like a band like New Kids on the Block? New Kids on Boys the Block. Boys to Men. Boys uh, to didn't Men. Didn't think it was. I mean, no one considered it a career forty so years later. My favorite part about Boys to Men is in their big song, the Motown Philly song. Okay, so in the big song, like there's a moment where he's like, and I said, yeah, he's like Michael Bivens, like I said, all right, you guys ready? Let's go. And then they were like, yeah, they, yeah. we're ready, let's go. Yeah. And then they're like, do da da, do da da da. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like, okay, guys, stop with the vocal exercises. I said, sing a song, you idiots. Are we ready to go? You're doing like the thing All you right, do before ready you're ready to go. Do, 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 da, da. Do, do, the other do, thing da, about da. Philly is, we've said this over and over again. You know, obviously there's an accent here in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. oh there's a Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. We it's put really it in the No, there isn't. All that Canadian smoke is coming down. It's so hazy up here. I won't even drive to Edina. I won't even drive to St. Here's what's crazy. I heard it's not even from fires up in What's the Canadian It's the bare naked ladies frying bacon on the border. Bare bacon ladies. Yeah, they're just trying to get under our skin. All right, so obviously there's that. In Philly, there is another, is a very thick Philadelphia accent. Most famous movie to come out of Philly is Rocky. The fact that they give Rocky a Brooklyn accent, like a New Jersey, that's not a Philly accent. They should redub the movie. This is our thing, and everything should be with a thick, thick Philly. Because Philly, Philly, you gotta swallow all your L's. We're go down to the wall on Fifth and Locust and grab me a water ice. Go, go get, grab a Coke Zero out of the fridge. How right. much of a better movie is it if Rocky's like, "Hey yo, Adrian, get out of that coma. Wake up, hey yo, Apollo Creed, don't throw in the towel. Throw in the towel." Forgive my towel. <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a better movie. A way better and more accurate. I mean, the whole thing is, Phil, there's a statue of him in front of the art museum of Rocky, a fictitious character <laughs> in Philly, on the steps. He's and not even just be like, go home. Don't go to an art go museum. Home. You don't want to go to an art museum. Go back to Cherry Hill. Go get yourself some water ice. <laughs> that, to me, is a better movie. I'm trying to think. Who's the most famous uh, like export from uh, Minneapolis? From Philadelphia that has that accent. Who? I mean, so we were, we were I watching, was watching live from Daryl's house, which is the Daryl Hall. Hall. John Hell did yeah. a fantastic, where he, Daryl Hall from Daryl Hall, uh, from Hall & Oates. From a hallway now. Hallway And he, so like you never hear him speak. You only hear him sing. And he's got this kind of wonderful, silky, smooth, Motown style for voice sure. for all the songs. I mean, we can get into Sarah Smile. That's the weirdest beginning. Weirdest opening line ever. Ever. Baby, baby hair with, with a, a woman's, woman's eyes. eyes. Oh. What kind of freak are you? Baby hair. Baby hair. So, so wispy, patchy, alopecia that with a giant colic in the back. It was originally going to be a Johnson and Johnson commercial. Actually, <laughs> does your child have women women's eyes? <laughs> we can fix that. We can give her that Johnson. soft baby hair with a woman's eyes. So he's got such a smooth voice. But then on the show, it's really the first time you ever hear him. It's on the show. They bring on other artists. Yep. They do a hollow notes. They do one of their songs. Then that other artist does like it's a, a great song. show. Great idea. Again, I can't tell you how, enough how cool Daryl Hall is until he talks. And he like, had the most Philly accent. I remember CeeLo Green was on the show. And he literally was, was a great Philly. CeeLo's a great because Philadelphia swallowed the air And your O's go like, like this. <clears throat> so he was literally like, hey, CeeLo, you want to go grab me a Coke Zero and a fridge? <laughs> we were like, oh my God, Daryl Hall. Who do you sing with? What is John Oates? John Oates. Uh, I mean, it's Huge crazy. fan of Oates. So that's like the biggest like Philly guy who's really captured sure. the Philly accent. I just, to me, it's there, there's a regionality to like stand up. And I know you know this, that like you hit these towns and you hit these markets and you, you kind of go in and, and we love to kind of figure out, we did a whole thing on audible that was finding the funny where yes. we were stars and stripes, stripes. Yes. where we would go in and give ourselves like a, 
a goal to try and write 10 minutes of comedy over the weekend, which is like, go see the things that are the most important to this town, figure out what's going on, try and write material about the town. Eat the cuisine, talk to the people, figure out what is special in this moment and what is sort of the overall idiosyncrasy like gene pool of this town and yeah. can we can we capture it can we make fun of people locally from the outside and have them be on board with us and that's usually the first part of our set before we eat like as we ease our way into an hour it's fun to kind of be like we're here you know like minneapolis is just like this nothing's happened here in the last three years no, i know nothing at all nothing you guys know uh you guys are starting to trust the police again which that's is great. good that's uh, good. <clears throat> no but i mean minneapolis is just like this kind of town that like there's it's cold all the way until may there are like some parking lots that still have like the snow drifts in like the corner like, like right now that's all black <laughs> it's like what is in the snow like you literally like it melts and you find like you know toys from kids and like missing uh, children i found my wife's garage door opener in, in, a, snow. in a snow thing yes right two, it was in there two months there you go i bought a new one and then she's like we're gonna find it i found it you yeah. found it it, it, melted, it, melted, out. it melted, melted out as soon as like that weird snow thing melted it's just to me that's really funny that you guys have to deal with that stuff the it's, johnson triplets <laughs> they're in the snowbank <laughs> they were in the snowbank uh, <laughs> yeah at target yeah. my youngest my, yes, my, my youngest. youngest we hadn't seen him i, I knew didn't it was know still, I, I thought we lost I him at target him out to play um but yeah that's it's it's that understanding what each place has to offer and trying to dig into it and it's also a really fun writing exercise that we take on every time we come to a city and it make keeps you on your toes right and you build a little mini set within the beginning of your set and it that's it cool. Good. I love it. How much uh, stand up you guys doing in 2023? So 2023, we we had we've done some enough. Like right at the beginning of the year, went to San Diego and Phoenix and Denver and some really great cities back here in Minneapolis. So happy to be back here. And then over the summer, we're gonna do a lot of stuff in LA. We're actually right now writing, which is kind of cool. I'm excited, and we've sort of we did this once before years ago, but we are sort of taking a big chunk of our stand-up hour that we're doing right now. And then we wrote kind of a, the spine of a longer story throughout it to try and convert that sort of the parenting stuff that we have, which is a lot of our current stand-up, uh, into like a two-man show, almost like a Birbiglia-style, you know, Neil Brennan blocks type, you know. Because yeah. those, those shows really meant a lot to us. And seeing those guys figure out a way to incorporate, you know, we perform with Neil all the time in in LA and to see him take the stand up we've seen at the comedy store and weave it really beautifully into a show about mental health and about how he's dealing with his own stuff. We're like, that's really cool. That's really interesting and a different way to, he's always done really cool, different, interesting things. But we as parents, that's a big part of our lives and yeah. we are able to, I think, make our material relatable to people who don't have kids or who are considering having kids. But really the truth is, if you if you are a parent or you've ever had a parent, this show is for you, right? right. So the concept, everybody, the concept is <laughs> including Brixton Buxton's dad. <laughs> sausages, sausages. Uh, he put his sausage in his wife. All right. So no, the the point is that I think we're at this moment in our history. If he just says to his wife, "Honey, do you want to play hide the shark?" <laughs> Dear, I can't take you seriously when you say it like that. No, I'm saying sausages. Where are they from? Sheboygan. So the the concept in our mind. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin style sausage. 
I'm sorry. I know. I love it. All right. So, but we, I think we're at this moment in our lives. I think the pandemic flipped the world upside down a lot. And all of us started questioning all the things we took for granted. Why do we have to go into the office? Why do we have to go into Why do I have to wear pants? Yeah. Why do I have to wear (laughs) pants to anything, right? So we started to question all those things. And I think one of the other things that has sort of been on the table for a while is people as they, you know, grow up and become adults are like, why do I have to have kids? You ask any young person now, do you want to have kids? They're like, no, No. it's expensive. It's bring them into this world. The world's going to be over in like 20 years. Do I want to do want to end that? So like all these people start giving you reasons and there are a lot of great reasons to not have kids. You almost can't argue with it, except that we are parents and we have kids and as difficult as it is, and you see our material and see our set and we're like, it's hard, and we make fun of how difficult it really is. That's our that's our goal with this show, in in a fun way. Is can say, we can we take an hour and a half? And this is the longer show, but you'll see pieces of that in our set here. Is can we tell you? We think if you're on the fence about having kids, and you think maybe I might be the kind of person who can have a kid, then we would say to you, then you are. You are the right person to have a kid, and we're going to prove to you why it's important to have kids by spending an hour and a half telling you how, how shitty awful it, is it is to have, to have kids, <laughs> how difficult, how emotionally difficult, how, fina- how it'll bankrupt financially you financially. Diffi- it will destroy your, your self-esteem. It will kill you as a person. It will make you think you're doing everything wrong, and at the same time, you still you still come out of it a better person. Because there are those awesome moments and they are amazing that you're just like god these are better moments than i've ever had doing anything in our lives and so that sort of that world that we are exploring personally and emotionally is a really fun space and what we've noticed is and the reason why we were inspired to even do it is since we've been doing that some of that material in the show fans and people have been coming out after us and saying that bit about this. Perfect. I have two na- teenage daughters. I have, Thank I just you. had a baby yep. and you, everything you're saying about this is yep. like, stri- it, all of a sudden like the, you know, we know what feels we've been doing shows for 30 years. We've been doing stand up for a long time. So we know when people come out after shows and like, that was great. Or I love this. Or, Oh my God, you guys, that's a general, they had a good time at the show. When people start citing specific things and it yeah. starts happening over and over again, you're like, oh, okay, this is connecting it resonates yeah. yeah and cool. you know i'm someone that does have children so when you start bringing that stuff up i mean it obviously hits me with teenagers i have yes. three daughters wow, yeah, dude. wow currently 16 about to be 17 15 and three years old wow three. dude you're like in it on every level and in every stage of it you're you're, yeah. you're like you're like a, a waiter who's at a restaurant and they seated your whole section at once and then as you're in the weeds with all those people can you handle the patio can you handle can the patio? patio and they and they have a baby and they have a baby <laughs> and everyone else called in sick and right. a dog yeah. and i need you to expedite the food too and Pretty can much. you cook it and can you do the dishes and they all have gluten allergies go uh <laughs> That's your that's your life, and it is so amazing. And I'm sure people are like, "What are you doing, man? Why would you do that?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, you know, once or twice." Guys, the condom breaks sometimes. Uh, no, uh, but no, you're like, "Hey, hey, I, I made this choice, and this is part of our lives, and it is insane, and it doesn't make sense, and it is." Crazy. But it will be amazing because when the two leave, you will have this little one who's he'll be like seven. Trust me. I know. And it's going to be, I'm literally facing my 17 year old go. She's 18. Like next week, going to college. And I'm like, this huge hole is going to be in our, and then the other one's going to go in two years after that. So 
fascinating, interesting. Everybody's gonna be like hanging out at my house, parenting my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I miss it. You should. Uh, <laughs> can I discipline one of them yeah. for five minutes? Yes, yes. Please do your homework. What is he still doing here? Like, can you guys relate to this one? I give my oldest a ride to school every morning, mm -hmm. and this morning I seven oh one. I get a text from her saying, "Just woke up." She's downstairs. I'm upstairs in the bathroom. I mm -hmm. get a text from her. Just woke up. Yeah, we're supposed to be leaving at like seven oh. Too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. I come downstairs. I'm like, what do you mean? I just woke up. Oh, my God. I'm like, let's go. Let's yeah, go. I got to. No. So uh, I ended up I laying need... down on the couch. Like, okay, this is going to take 20 minutes probably mm -hmm. for her to get you ready. You fall asleep. No. I fell asleep. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Woke up at 810. Mm-hmm. She's still getting ready. I'm like, oh what God. are we doing? Where, are, we where doing? are you? She's like walking around with one pair of pants. You're like, those are pajama bottoms. Let's what go. What are you doing? No, my son will. This is a great thing. He'll text me from his room, even though I'm on the other side of the wall. Text me and be like, can you bring me a LaCroix? And I'm like, what? First of all, that is the whitest thing anyone's ever texted <laughs> in their life, ever. Can you bring me a LaCroix? Could and you put a, a lemon slice in it, too? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll tell you what. I'll bring you a LaCroix when you tell me where your legs went, because you can't walk <laughs> into the kitchen and get a LaCroix. No. So then he'll, I'll make him do it. But he still does it from time to time. So one time, Ray and I are up at the comedy store, about to go on stage. And we're they're like reading. Introducing us. Introducing us. Re credits. The comic right before us is introducing us. I get a Text. FaceTime. Oh, you're better. FaceTime okay. from my son. Hello. Because I'm thinking something's horrible. He's like, Dad, can you bring me a LaCroix from the kitchen? I'm like, I'm at the comedy store. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Sklar Brothers. Brothers. I'm like, I, I got to go on stage. Get your own goddamn LaCroix. And he's like, and then he looked at him for a second. He was like, so no. Yeah. Yeah. He said, so no. So no. So no. So no. So no. I, we sort of have, yeah. I, uh, I now buy my daughter her own case of water. Yeah. yeah. So I don't get asked to. Uh, where's the? Blah, 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 can you give me? Where's your case? Nope. It's in her room. She when that's gone. When it's almost gone, let me know. I'll get you more. But where's otherwise, the? It's like it's so funny. Where's the? Are the two trigger words for you where you're like, I can't. I, I, I can't. can't I literally this. can't tell you this anymore. It's like my when I say to my kids, Hey, can you just? That's the worst three words I can say to my kids. Can you, you just? just. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to couch it in the least impactful way ever. Can you just, I don't know, take a shower for once in like a week? Mm -hmm. Can you, you just, just? No, that's their life. They shut the down emotions that are on the floor and bring them to the downstairs. Just anyway, that's. I uh, got one more thing I want to bring up about the uh, after school. Sometimes when I have to pick her up, uh, it'll she'll be sending me a text while I'm on the way changing the pickup location. Yes, yes. And I get there, and I'm like, honey, I'm not looking at my phone. No. While I'm driving no, over no, here. No. I look at it maybe once I'm in the yes. line, ready here to get you. It's too late by then. Now I'm trapped in here. She's I can't like, get back across the street. I go, why don't you call me or can I just call you? No. no don't you dare don't call you dare. me. How don't dare you dare you? call How me. How dare you How call dare me? You? Can you just pick me up in St. Paul? Well, exactly. How did you get to St. Paul? Paul. Yeah, exactly. It's like I took a lift. Well, you could have gotten home. <laughs> Take a lift home. <laughs> so for some reason, calling, like she, like, are they going to know that you're on the phone with a parent? Yes. It's, Heaven forbid. I mean. They want it, you to, they want to assume to the world that they were raised by wolves. Or just like <laughs> materialized out of nothing. Yeah, anyway, I live alone. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I've got an apartment in downtown. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun part of our act. And I think what we consider to be the sort of, 
the craftsmanship of it is how can we take this material that's specific to us and all parents and make it applicable and understandable to everyone, people who even don't want to have kids. And that's also the point of that other show is like, we know there are people out there who are like, hey, I have mental health issues and I don't think I want to be a parent. We're, this, we're not trying to convince those people to have kids. Sure. We've tried to have kids and we physically cannot because of X, Y, and Z. We're not talking to those people and trying to convince them to have kids. Yeah. What we're saying is that there is something funny about this experience and you guys experienced it. Everyone did as a kid. Oh, yeah. So you're on board through that portal yeah. and then anyone who is a parent are thinking about it. That's, I mean, look, we because we as people are making like mistakes. We continue to make mistakes. Uh, that to me, and that's I'm, what comedy comes out of, right? Comedy comes out of this tragic, horrible goof or mistake or, or flaw that you find in yourself that is relatable to other people. And parenting just offers you a million opportunities every day to make those mistakes. So much, so much. Yeah. Good or bad, it absolutely yeah, does. Absolutely. I want to bring up something that I uh, that got me through the first part of the pandemic, and that was your daily podcast. Oh, oh thank you. The uh, virus edition of Scarborough Country. Oh my God. I was a daily listener for awesome, a long man. time. Thank, Thank you, you for that. Yeah. That was sort the of pandy pods. The pandy two pods. shoes, one couch, couch right? Which was that? I mean, it was an opportunity because we're like, I guess we're in the same pod. We kind of have to be um, in this moment where people just didn't want to be around anybody, and we would sit like distance six feet from each other on the couch, and we'd have like microphones connected to a thing, and we would just say, "This is what's going on. like." What can we find that's, it was a tremendous exercise. What can we find that's funny about this world right yeah. now? And like all the, it's so funny. We're like, we didn't go and we didn't like want to become comedians to then be like shitty engineers, you know, which is what <laughs> we wound up being. Oh my God, there were so many days where we would record a full podcast or think we recorded a full podcast. And it wasn't, we hadn't pr turned on the record, the record or Brandon can relate to the back <laughs> room there. <right? laughs> Brandon. Or, or the Zoom ran out of uh, batteries. Sure. Like the battery power ran out somewhere in the middle and we don't know where because we can't be like, can you go back to where we ended off? No, there's no going back to where we ended off. So literally, like we would be in these moments where we were so frustrated by the world, frustrated by the fact that we couldn't go out and do comedy. Yeah. And we're like, let's find an outlet. And also we sat there on the couch many times, finished recording, send it into the people who would post it. And we were like, I don't know if anyone's even going to listen to this. I have no idea. No idea. No yeah. clue. And you're but telling us you did. did. It makes us happy. It ab yeah. I absolutely did. Thanks, absolutely man. Did. Yeah. Thank no, you. That was great. great. Uh, and you're still doing Scarborough Country, obviously, just different version of that now, right? Yeah. View from the Cheap Seats, yep. which is our look at the week in sports, or as we like to call it, the W-E-A-K <laughs> in sports. Like whatever <laughs> is happening in the world that is and it's basically just John Morant flashes a gun in an Instagram live video which basically happens every week yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's a new thing I thought he was more of a slasher to the hoop it turns out he's a shooter he's a shooter um, he's a shooter gang but yeah, it's that moment where you say, okay, five weird crazy. Russell Westbrook walked into somebody's like suite at the stadium and yes. started like harassing Started a fan. talking smack to a Which guy. Which we all want to do. There's always a moment. Drunk heckler in the crowd. Sure. You're like, I'm going to show up to your car and, and ruin your life. Russell Westbrook did that. He did that. So anytime those things And then happen, it actually, you see it play out and you're like, oh, he's crazy. Get back to the locker room, buddy. Yeah, you should, uh -huh. you of all people should be listening to the coach's speech. There's a reason why you've been on uh, six teams every season. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. You don't you get just, a stat. There's no stat for going into someone's luxury suite. Right. That's not a trick. You can't get a triple double Quad for going into like double. nine other he suites. He went into nine suites, <laughs> 10 suites. Um, no, but I mean that, so all that stuff is super interesting to us because we're like, there isn't a... 
you know, there's a lot of people who do sports talk. There are a lot of people, uh, there just aren't a lot of people who try and go at it from the angle of what's the funniest. Can we apply our comedy lens to sports and our, take all the 30 years that we have in the world of comedy and try to put that experience there? Snoop Dogg might be an owner of the Ottawa Senators. Did you I, see that? I love he it. He loves so. hockey. So remember when he called hockey for the first time and he was like, so in, in amazed by it and loved it so much and it was just magical i'm like god snoop man yes yes please your jump your enthusiasm about hockey i mean it's gonna right. bring it to like a whole new group of people who probably aren't watching the ottawa senators oh i guarantee it i mean how great would it be if ottawa senators gear became like the gear that everyone was wearing because snoop made it cool Seems honestly like, it's the first thing i thought of is the uniforms gonna change if the he's part ottawa of the senator change, hat make it cool. just be a blunt <laughs> just like a huge J. <laughs> Smoke them, Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Can I tell a grade? So, so Snoop, Jay, and I were at the ro first roast battle uh, that was recorded. We were doing stuff like post-game interviews of the Comedy Central roast battle with the contestants and the people. We were doing this for Sirius Radio. For Comedy Central on Sirius, Comedy Central Radio on Sirius. Yep. We just interviewed what happened. How'd you feel up there? Talk to me. Walk me through these moments. What did it feel like? Did you have one in the shoot? Which one didn't you use? It was really fun. Interviews with like the great, all these great comedians, Sarah Tiana, Matt Broussard, like all these Todd Barry, Todd Barry, like friends of ours, people we love, and Frank Castillo, who won it all. Yes. It was just amazing, amazing. And we're sitting behind Sarah Silverman and and uh, Snoop Dogg, the judges, like at the actual thing at the House of Blues, and feeding them jokes and just talking to them, which is always the best part of being of judging is then the comedians behind you are like, say this, say this. Yeah. And I watched Snoop smoke down. He smoked like six joints, full joints, full. Himself. Full joints. And, like, and he was still coherent. Yeah. Passed one around the whole crowd. This was so, how pre-COVID it was. Like, passed a joint around the whole guy. Everyone smoked it. Got back to him. After the show, we'll go upstairs in the green room, and he's fired up a... And we're sitting up there in the green room. It's just a handful of comics, Jeff Ross and him, and he fires up a blunt, which I'm assuming is weed directly from Bob Marley's grave. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Grown yes. out right. of the decomposing body of Bob Marley, and he fires up and he passes it literally to Hands me. It to Randy. I'm like, you, you can't, you can't not, no. you can't not smoke it if if Snoop get hands it to me. I take one. Goes around again. He hands it back to me again. I take another. I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta go to the car that's driving me home. I find my way up from the House of Blues, get up to Sunset Boulevard where my car is, hop in the backseat of the car, and they start driving me home. Okay, so it's at like Sunset in La Cienega, which is really where I'm gonna West tell Hollywood. you. It's where the comedy store. Where the comedy store is, across the street from the comedy store. We got to Sunset and La Brea, which is approximately a mile and a half from there. That's how long we got from there to there. By the time I got to La Brea, I could not remember where I was that night. I couldn't remember what, you what done. I'd done that night. And I didn't know where we were going. Oh, my God. <laughs> Two puffs. Two puffs. <laughs> Off this thing, and I was like, oh, my God, I watched him smoke. When I finally put it together in a mementos type type thing, I'm like, where's my wife? Is she okay? Like, it was. Did I murder my wife? Where am I? I'm trying to read what? the tattoos I'm on my all the things on my Mr. Kimball answers <laughs> yeah, a question for us. Uh, it's crazy. And we met Snoop before. He Snoop is actually a big Cheap Seats fan. He was. Really? He, we met him backstage at the Jim Rome show. And we took it. We took Can we like, we're like Snoop, because we were on the same show. We did a bit on the show, and he was one of the guests on the show. We're like, Snoop, 
can, can we, we take please a take a picture with you? And he's like, sure, sure. He takes a picture with us. And then we're about ready. We're like, thank you so much about relief. He's like, no, no, my no, brothers. Man, no, 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 no. And he gets one of his three white assistants to come over and take a picture of the three of us for him. We're like, what? Why and do you want a picture of us? And he's like, man, man chief seats. Chief seats, roll the derby, my man. brothers. Roll the derby. <laughs> roll so the derby. He, and he starts quoting like jokes from our roller, roller derby show and talking about the leg whip. And he was telling stories about how his grandma used to take him down to see the 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 T birds, the T birds at like there was a arena down on Olympic. Olympic or, or down, down, oh, downtown LA. downtown L A near Olympic, and he was like in L A. and he was telling these stories about his connection to that, and I think that was like the first episode he saw, and when he realized there was comedy like woven into this old he memory it. of his, he's like, I was hooked, and I mean, greatest. just amazing. How many times have you? Uh, Heard someone started a story to you guys and they've gone. So I smoked a bunch of weed and watched Cheap Seats. Oh, oh like, yes, a ton, a I ton, mean, right? So Cheap Seats. So the the beauty of that show was it really felt like you were just hanging out with us on the couch, which is why this was crazy. Second season, one of the executives, not the executive that we really love, but one of the executives at ESPN said, we should put a studio audience in the studio and have there be an so audience. So they can hear all the laughter. And we we were like, I don't You're missing the point so. of this. There is this thing of what you said is that they felt like they were hanging out with you while we all watched this show together. Yeah. So we did six of those episodes and got a ton of feedback from our fans. Like, hey, what are you doing? Why'd emails. You ruin the show? Why'd you ruin the show? Why are you oh, putting no. it on? And so we're like, well, we didn't do this. And we gave the stack of emails to the executive that we loved. And we're like, you gotta, we can have, please. can we please get rid of this? And can we edit out the laughter during all the like things? And he said, yes, to his credit. He's a great guy. Crowley Sullivan. I'll name check him. He's unbelievable because he's the executive in charge of the nosebleeds, which is our cheap seat style show that we're doing for the UFC yes. right now. So he bounced to UFC fight pass. <clears throat> he know. loved the show so much that when he got Fight Pass in a position where they could do some original programming and put some budgets into stuff, he called, called us, us immediately and said, how do we do this for that? And he was just great, but he wound up changing it. But that was the two things people would say, three things people would say is, A, I smoked a lot of weed and watched you guys. <laughs> Two, I hate sports, but I love your show. And three, this is the one show I could watch with my Parents, brother, my brother, my, my older brother, my my dad, sister who loves sports and I don't like sports. Like two, like my mom, she's the biggest sports fan. I hate sports, or she hates sports. I love sports, but we both love comedy. Yeah. So this was the thing we could watch together, and it like bridged these relationships. A lot of people. times, people said that to us. So Which, it, by the way, goes back to what we were saying before: is we understood that we were like, let's make a show that sports fans can love. And we'll under it'll pass the muster test for all real sports fans. Then let's also make that show accessible to non sports fans. So, it's so that's the same first. thing. It's the same thing with our parenting material. We're like, how can we make this parenting material really relate to people who are parents and also be funnier for people who aren't or aren't even close? So uh, expand on the the nosebleeds thing that you're doing now. So the nosebleeds, we did six episodes. Uh, it's first episodes of up for free. You can go yeah YouTube. Yeah, I go saw, to YouTube. Yeah. If you go to our Instagram and follow us at Sklar Brothers in the bio. There's the link. There's a link to the first episode, and it's free. It was the it was from UFC one, the first one they ever did, the big one in Denver, Colorado, 1993. Jim Brown, Jim uh, Brown. running back Jim Brown from the Cleveland Browns was an announcer. We're like Jim Brown, you've never done MMA and you're retired from football. What's, What's your, your opinion? opinion? <laughs> 
I mean, Jim Brown. We're like, Jim Brown, it was was O.J. Simpson booked? We're like, it was the mid-90s, so O.J. Simpson was, was in the, actually, was actually in, in the, the process of being booked, and we shut his mud shot. Uh, but it was like, it's funny, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, and we had Rob Corddry did a sketch in the first episode. Andy Richter did a running bit in a later episode. Uh, John Hamm. John Hamm did a, nice. he played a crazy lawyer, like a personal injury lawyer to UFC fighters. Have you been injured on the job? It's like, of course, everybody has. He's trying to get money out of them. Call me Larry M. Brownshettle. And every time he would say his name, he had a different middle initial. Larry Q. Brownshettle. So uh, that was that was really fun. And we really got to make the show we wanted to make. And for all of our Cheap Seats fans who said, we want to see it come It's back. the most Cheap Seats. It's like, it was like the Cheap Seats show with no restrictions on it. So no, love it. we went all the way with it. And we love it. Love it. So where's the... Uh, so to watch all of them, you so need you to would have what? to join uh, or just subscribe to UFC Fight Pass, which okay. is like their. Which again, if you're a UFC fan, it's a wonderful thing because they have like basically the library of every Ultimate Fighter episode, everything that they've ever done, documentaries, all that other stuff. And but so, it's a cheap. If you love cheap seats, it's worth. Uh, we're subscribing up. for a month, and then you know you can watch decide if you want to keep yeah. it or not. But watch you, all the episodes. There's five of them, and there's so much. Six fun. of them total. Six total. Six total, but five on Fight Pass that yeah. aren't on the YouTube page. Love it, love it. So I did. Uh, have you guys messed around with Chat uh, GPT? Not yet. No, but my youngest daughter said I want to write a college essay. That is, what if ChatGPT wrote my college essay? And then have the essay, like show what the essay would be from them and then how she would make it different. This is like my 15-year-old. I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great, great, great idea. We haven't messed around with it too much, but I've seen a lot of it. Can I, uh, so I, I asked it one question this morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. How would the Sklar brothers describe Minnesota sports? Ah! Can I'm, I would you, can I hand you guys my phone yeah, and you guys yeah. want to read this? Yeah. So it's open. Or should or, we answer first and then see how close we get? Oh sure. <laughs> what do you want to do, Red? How would you say about Minnesota sports? sports. Uh, the sports. Well, oh, that might close down. So might, the sports teams are too nice. <laughs> Everybody, it's uh, it's Kirby Puckett and then nothing else. Right. It's, it's exactly. Kent Herbeck should be announcing. Kent Herbeck should have Kent Herbeck's House, House of, of Pies. Pies. I agree. Okay. <laughs> All right, this, here's what it says. You ready? The Sklar brothers, Randy and Jason, are known for their comedic style and witty commentary on various topics, including sports. Thanks. While I cannot provide an exact quote from them about Minnesota sports specifically, I can offer a humorous description in a similar vein to their style. Minnesota sports, oh boy, it's like watching a roller coaster ride that only goes downhill. You've got the Minnesota Vikings, the master of the last minute heartbreak. They'll snatch defeat from the jaws of victory like it's their job and then the way, nothing funny has been said <laughs> not a single it's just straight observations yes and completely. then there and then there's the minnesota timberwolves who seem to be perpetually rebuilding they're like a never-ending construction uh, project that never finishes. So a never-ending construction project. Uh, I would have said they're like a face of a real housewife from Orange County. There you go. Constantly it's rebuilding. Constantly. Too, and too much That's work. That's funnier than what you did, ChatGPT. And let's not forget the Minnesota Twins, who tease you with a glimmer of hope every now and then before collapsing faster than a house of cards in a hurricane. I would say before collapsing faster than a face of a, a real, real housewife, housewife of, of Orange County. County. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, at least you've got the Minnesota Wild who are always there to give you a sliver of playoff excitement for getting knocked out in the first round. It's like they're saying, hey, we know you're used to disappointment, so here's a taste of the good stuff before crushing your dreams. Minnesota sports, where hope goes to die, but the fans keep coming back for more. 
So I'm your job safe. Right. I think we're okay. I'm slightly. It's like creepy. It's like, like, it's like if someone breaks into your car, but doesn't steal something. Right. That's what that feels like. like. You're like, what? they rummage through did shit. Did they sit naked I feel on the violence. seats? <laughs> I feel, did they put their balls on my stick shit? I feel I violated, it. right? I, I, there's something here. Like, the ChatGPT just put their balls on our, our stick shift. But it is such an approximation. It it shows you that ChatGPT can't write comedy. So It mm-hmm. cannot. I and, agree. And Agreed. it's so funny because writing comedy is, I remember listening to, um, Gary Shandling talk about this in in the documentary about him is that like it took him a whole year to get a to finish one joke to finish one joke so we have this joke we were talking about in in this bit that we're doing and it's so true that like you got to build it you got to you got to make the mistake several times so we had this joke about you know like your kids like your your kids asking you to do something that you don't want to do as an older dad. If you're like we're 51 and he's got a nine year old, so it's like your nine year old or a kid asking you to do something you don't want to do. They're like, "Come on, dad, roll down this hill with me," because kids just love rolling down hills. And you're like, "I'm not gonna roll down a." Our our original line was, "Well, we've done not, for a while." I'm not gonna roll down a hill with you. I'm 50 years old, which right? would get. Laughs, some laughs sometimes. sometimes. So it just occurred to me after doing it so many times, probably several hundred times, times, to say just one little adjustment. So he now says, I'm not going to roll down a hill with you. Or, wait, I'm not going to roll down a hill on purpose. <laughs> so, <it's> like, <laughs> so that suggests that, yes, I will roll, roll down, down a hill with you if someone pushes me. Exactly. Or if I slip and fall. I trip, yeah, I'm not going to initiate that action. Why would I do that on purpose? on purpose? And then I still say I'm 50 years old. And then it gets, it gets a laugh every time. And that little adjustment we needed to make so chat gbt maybe would write i'm not going to roll down a hill with you i'm 50 yeah which is the initial thing but comedy is so much about if you want to be good evolving 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 that's why like when you see someone who's new to comedy i'm not going to name check anyone but you see someone who's like i'm going to try comedy if they're famous or if they think they can do it or if they're a real housewife from atlanta mm-hmm. nini leaks is going to go do a stand up show or whatever they will only get to the 40% place, which is the first uh, iteration of every joke. And we know as comics that you rewrite the joke over and over again by doing it over and over again and getting your sort of your market research comes back at you every time you do it. And there's no way to shortcut that. I mean, we that. just watched, we just, we did a show to benefit Jay's uh School, my, my daughter's elementary public school, school, public school in Los Angeles, and it was a benefit show. And I mean, it was Pete Holmes. We hosted it. Pete Holmes, Aparna Nancherla. Oh, I saw the photo, yeah. Aparna and uh, Dimitri Martin with music by Amy Mann. Incredible show. Unbelievable. Wow. And Donnell Rawlings. And Donnell Rawlings. Wow. And to watch each of them do what they do, totally different. Pete is different from Aparna, who's totally different from Darnell, who's totally different from Dimitri, all different. But you saw the brilliance of like each of them and you're like, oh, I because we know how hard Pete works on it. We know how hard Aparna works on what she does. I mean, Dimitri is the ultimate craftsman of the types of jokes that he does. We even told, saw him tell a story, which is he occasionally does that in his things. It's not, it wasn't just one-liners. It was a great story. Unbelievable story. About like getting like birthday balloons for his a giant daughter, birthday balloon a, a giant birthday balloon, and then it being in the house and hanging around too long. And he acted out. I mean, again, these are things we never saw him really do. So like would chat GPT ever do that story? No, because that's a departure from his style. You can't just get that from the sir. So him venturing 
entering into that and putting his Dimitri twist on those things is only something he can do. Yeah. And that's it. That's a risk. So I would argue you that take unexpected risks in your act once you establish a style. Did you ever see the documentary The Dog Dogtown and Z Boys, which was about the skateboarding in Venice? Oh, years ago. It's great. So there's one moment in that documentary where Sean, uh, Penn. Sean Penn, who's the narrator of it, he clears his throat in the middle of reading a thing. He's like, "So then the Venice, <clears throat> the Venice, and he just went forward." Now any normal you're, you're editing this stuff he's not reading it live uh you just chop that up just, have him do it again yeah. do another take whatever yeah. well, i'm we sure taught, we talked to stacy peralta who's one of the original z who did the movie who did the movie and he was like we had to leave it in because skateboarding especially with these guys and girls the, it was all about making the mistake and turning the thing where you almost fall into something that's actually beautiful and turning into something else like you had to do that so again I don't think ChatGPT would ever come up with that unless they were like calculatingly or trying unless, to make, unless someone programmed into it make a mistake at 1303. Sure. But then their mistake wouldn't be it it wouldn't feel natural. It's like almost like and this is how I can describe it. Have you ever heard a sportscaster on a commercial call a fake home run that's not happening? So they'll be like, you know, Swing and there's a long one, and it's out of the park, just like Menards. They hit it out of the park every Friday with firewood. And you're like, you're, I know you're using the voice that I recognize, but in your voice is not the urgency of the reality of a moment. Yeah. You can't convey surprise, because every time someone hits a home run, they're surprised. Yeah. Every time, because you don't expect it every single time. So as soon as someone hits it, the implications of the home run, what it means to your team, what it means to the moment, what it means to that player, what it means to you as a fan or a local sportscaster, it change. There's no way you can convey that falsely. You can't manufacture that excitement. It's just not possible. You're absolutely right. So I want to. What if we find out uh, that Chat GPT engineers announced that it has a twin brother? I mean. <laughs> Chad GPT. <laughs> you know Chad and Chad. The yeah. GPT they're brothers, they're the GPT amazing. Bros. They bounce off each other so well. I mean, that would be great. We become the Chad and Chad, Chad, and GPT. Chad GPT. They look alike. They dress alike. They sound alike. This they is do. Chad, not related. Chad, yeah, Chad. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is Chad. Chad. Chad's their younger. Chad and Chad is the younger brother. <laughs> like, you're one of the Chad. You're one of the Chad. Nice Chad. to meet you, Chad. No. No, it's nice Chet. <laughs> nice to meet you, Chad. I came along later. Yeah. I, I, sorry. But I'm, you look like the, you look more like Chad than Chet, Chet than Chat looks, looks like Chad. Chad. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you talking to Chet? Like, that'd be the best bit ever. He could right now in his phone put in, let's do this right now. Yeah, you put you in that. your phone and say, uh, ChatGBT, come up with a Sklar Brothers comedy bit about Chad. And his brother Chat G Chad GPT Chat GPT his brother and Chad, Chad GPT and their younger brother sibling Chet GPT. It would be really fun. It'll be, it'll come up in thirty seconds. I mean, it'll be it there. It comes up so and it fast. will be, and we'll all understand how bad it is. Yeah, like what we came up with right here was more fun because it's a real live moment. I think, and as you're doing that, we'll. You know, one of the things that I think is was so missing in the pandemic, what was so great, and standing on stage here last night, you feel it with, you know, the the crowd that was here last night. They were so good. The collective laughter in that moment of everybody kind of being together and laughing in a room together was, 
it's beautiful and magical. And like Jay said, almost like calling a home run. It can't be replicated. Like those moments are very real because we do the material over and over again, but how the audience reacts to it. There could be one woman laughing so, so hard, hard and she's egging you on. And the laughter, I believe, this is where the audience comes in, is the laughter force it it fires some synapses in your brain as a comedian and i'll ask you this when you're when you get big laughs do you i can't wait to hear this when you get <laughs> when you get big laughs on stage don't you find yourself writing writing in the laughter where like you maybe come up with in with some sort of an add-on or a tag or something as they're laughing because you're you're it, it almost the laughter when it's going so well it encourages you to take a risk and do one more let me see if i can get one more thing out here let me see if i can put one more for us we end up tending to do the most writing when the crowds are great sure. and and laughing hard and encouraging you and your brain is firing and it's just a very exciting moment and that can't be created on a chat GPT, but let's see what they came up so with. So I quickly, the question I gave it was, come up with Sklar Brothers joke about Chet GPT and his brother Chad. Okay, great. That's what I put. Okay, great. Hey, Randy, <laughs> have you heard about this new dynamic duo in the AI world? Uh -huh. Chet GPT and his brother Chad? Uh -huh. They're like Silicon Valley's answer to the Wonder Twins, no. except instead of transforming into water or animals, they transform into perfectly crafted paragraphs. Oh, uh, rip. <laughs> that is a rip. Watch out. Chet is a brainiac, always dropping knowledge bombs left and right. You ask him a question, he'll give you a dissertation. Mm, okay. And then there's Chad, the cool and charismatic <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> what is funny about it? Nothing, Nothing is, is funny. funny. <laughs> honestly, honestly, if you were to show my face as I was watching both of the Twin Towers come down in 9-11 oh, no. and also this thing. It'd same, be the expression. same expression. Same expression. <laughs> Listening to their bit about what we're doing and me watching the news information about 9-11. Yeah, be the because same it's the death of something here. They're like Siri and Alexa on steroids. <laughs> oh, my God. We were on the radio this morning. We were talking about... Uh, it's uh, one of the we did the phenomenal initials game at uh, K. -Fan. Oh, K. Fan, that's so much. That's fun. great. Yep. All those guys are amazing. Yeah, they and are. Marnie was talking about uh, going to the Tanya Tucker concert last night. The Tanya Tucker oh, concert. Tanya. Tanya. Tanya Tucker. And she said there was a moment at the end where she's doing Delta Dawn, and she like went off the stage in the front. Like we're like on purpose. Like <laughs> no, <laughs> she went off the stage in front, and then she started talking to the crowd like while the, the band is playing. <laughs> How you doing? You and she took a good every I took selfies, sign stuff. stuff. It was like her merch line was still in the crowd as she's walking around. She then went back on stage and then went to another side of the crowd. I'm like, she could have just gone to the other side of the crowd there, but she went back up. Right and were like, how funny would it be if she followed one family home and just started living with them? <laughs> and she be became the person they asked all the questions. So she becomes like their new Alexa hey, in the house. Tanya, can Tanya, you, Tanya how, ma how many quarts are... <laughs> <laughs> are in a pound, you know, and she's, she's answering and then she's like, but like, she's a little drunk and she's a little too loud. And you're like, uh, Tanya, volume three, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's four. Tanya, Tanya, volume two. I think it's two. <laughs> Tanya. <laughs> Do you have any Amazon packages, Tanya? Check the back door. <laughs> Tanya Tucker is your new Alexa. I mean, that's a thing that 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 it's clear. I mean, uh, it is so funny how not funny it is. Not funny that is, yep. and how much of an approximation of what comedy is. Like they understand sort of the rhythm and the cadence, but none of the material is good. 
yeah. it, not even close. So it goes to show you that there are certain things that cannot be generated without having tested them and tried them. So uh, you, you are absolutely right. One final thing. I, sure. We should wrap this up. I know we're going long here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, um, so fun. The story you told last night on stage about your bag and the oh airplane. My God. Do you mind sharing yeah, that? Yeah, not at all. That was uh, such a great moment. And I'll let Jay rip on me sufficiently for what for my part in this story. I, I can't believe how mad I was at Randy for something that it happened to him. It was a little imbalance. Okay. I mean, Chet wouldn't do this to Chet. I can tell. <laughs> uh, even though Chet is the cool one <laughs> who always has an answer. Irreverent. Uh, so, God, another dissertation. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, here we go. Another perfect uh -oh. paragraph from these two. <laughs> That's comedy. So Randy I'll was, show you a perfect so paragraph. Randy trying to save money like we're always trying to, because look, we're we're a comedy team. We're Jews. People always ask, we're Jews also. <laughs> People always ask us, you know, what's the best part about being a comedy team? And we always tell them it's that we get, get to split the money. money. No, that's terrible. No, they uh, ask us, do you want paid both? And we're like, no, no, no let's no, split it. Split it down <laughs> make it like really, really hard for me to tell the truth to my family about how much I'm making. Uh, so no, so that's the deal. We always are like, how can we get there in the least expensive? That's why we don't have an airline that we like. You know, good smart comics will be like, I'm gonna pick one airline. Line. That's the airline I'm going to fly around yeah. the world. And, and then you're like such a gold class member because you that's the only airline you take that like they let you fly the plane a little bit. Yeah, like, they do. A little bit. <laughs> uh, when, the, when the pilot gets drunk. Certainly like Mark Maron, you want to come up here and fly the plane? And he's just at the controls and he's like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Where's the stewardess? Sorry, God. flight attendant. Where's Are we good? Stewardess? So fucking stressed. Anyway. <laughs> Are we good? Are we um, good? No. So <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to like. Are fuck. we okay? Fuck. What the like, fuck? Air traffic control. Are, are we, we good? Are we, are we good? good? Down to the tower. Uh, no, you're not. No, you're good. not. You're, you're landing in a field. And, uh, no, no, no. We. You and me. Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so Randy tries to save money by only packing a carry-on bag. Also packing. This is a great <laughs> hack, by the way, for Delta <laughs> Airlines, which is a Minneapolis thing. Pack too many carry-ons. Packed a hanging bag and a backpack. And, and brought it all through security. And no, they, no, no. When you go, when you check in, they ask you if you want to to be nice to other passengers and lighten load. I'm like, Do you I'll be check nice. A so I checked my hanging bag through app. for free. You can check a carry on. So Whatever. we packed so three carry ons. Like I'm beating this in on some level. I'm like, I'm beating the system. This will never come back to bite me. So then so, the plane lands and we're I'm way in the back, like row 30. There's like eight rows to the bathroom. I have to pee. It's going to take forever. I go to go to the bathroom while the plane is I'm like, like sure. who can't hold, what are you five? You can't hold a, ba a bathroom no, pee. I'm 51 and I can't hold a bathroom <laughs> pee. So I go to the back and I, and I come out and there's like, People standing up, like I'm three seats from my seat and people are standing up and I'm like, excuse me, can I get to my seat right there? And the guy's like not letting me through. And I'm like, I've seen enough fights on planes that I don't want to start anything with this guy. Who knows? Like maybe he is a Minnesota Wild fan. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of frustration. So, because uh, I don't know if you know this, but the Minnesota Wild, <laughs> they give you a sliver of <laughs> first round. They give you a little more of the medicine that you always love to take. It's like you're a a roller coaster ride going down. It only down. goes down. Which, by the way, would be amazing—a roller coaster ride, ride that only goes, goes down. down. That's incredible. the best part of roller coaster. So, ChatGPT, you got it wrong. You, you fucked it. up. The best uh, part of a roller coaster ride is the going down. Can you imagine a roller coaster ride where you start really high up and you just go down for like a week? To me, I would say it's the only roller coaster ride that only goes up and it never goes. It never gives you the joy of going down. You idiots. Anyway, Ched, Chat, Ched, Chap, Chap. I call him Chap. <laughs> Ched, Chappy, GPT. It's not my name. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Chap. <laughs> Chap. 
Shep. So Shep. So I. So he was I, a replacement. Shep. So Shep is. <laughs> Shep. Shep. That's it. Shep. Shep. Everyone hated Shep GPT. That's the fourth. <laughs> that's the fourth GPT. What's Shep bringing to the table? <laughs> Shep GPT. He's so. not even. He can't even dance. We've anyway. already seen this. So, <laughs> so I, I'm like waiting for. I now have to wait for not only these three idiots who are standing in front of me to leave, but everybody else in every row to like go. I do, and I have my backpack on my seat. I pick 